what a lot of people with less secure patterning in their system do is they make a compromise. They, they compromise their integrity or their expression in order to purchase or counterfeit connection. I call it counterfeit because genuine connection only comes from actual self-expression. Or they refuse to compromise and they stay isolated within the fantasy that they're being true to themselves. And the story is that they have to sacrifice connection in order to be true to themselves. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Art of We podcast. This is episode 51. We made it past 50. I know, it's so awesome. (laughs) And today is a bit of an inflection point for us because we're going to be launching into a whole series of episodes exploring the nitty-gritty of relationships that are about doing something, whether it's deep, intimate partnership or business partnership. We're going to be exploring the way this concept we've talked about before of attachment styles plays out in adult relationships and what we can do about it. But today, in episode 51, we're going to start with clarity about defining some terms that we're going to be using a lot in the next several episodes. Because in the circles we run in, these terms are thrown around a lot, and then there's an imprecision to the language that can make things confusing. And I would say even on this podcast, I'm sure I've used them imprecisely. So I'm continuing to even learn the difference between, we're going to talk about attachment styles and functioning. So it's been really helpful for you and I to prepare for this episode because I've already learned a lot about it. Right. So let's just jump right in since you kicked us off with attachment styles and kinds of functioning between adults. So we decided, and this is somewhat arbitrary, but for our purposes, we decided to define the term attachment as referring back to the research, which was observing infants and their caregivers. So the beautiful work that was done in the 70s that defined certain categories of patterns that were observed in infants is known as childhood attachment. And we decided to limit that term to pointing toward infant caregiver relationships and not to point toward adult relationships. And one reason why we thought that was a good idea is that there is obviously not the kind of mutuality in an infant caregiver dynamic as there is in adult-to-adult dynamics. And attachment inherently refers to the child-adult, where there is not responsibility both ways. Basically, the adult is the responsible one. The child is the one that's learning. Correct. And so the developmental task of the infant is to attach to the caregiver in a way that is deeply impacted by how the caregiver does the caregiving. 
Okay. So it's like a one way, it's not a mutual exchange, like you said. Right. So the patterns that, just to recap, from what episode was that? 34 and 35? Yes. Yeah. And you can go back to those episodes to learn more about the different styles of attachment. There are two major categories secure and insecure attachment patterns. And so the reason these patterns from infancy are relevant is because they become a template for how we perceive relationship in general, carrying through the lifespan. So not just when we're children. So I'm born not with an attachment style. I am born into a family. I learn a particular type of attachment based on how my family is functioning. So I would say most people in my generation grew up with not a secure attachment. It was more of an insecure attachment. But then as we grow as adults, we carry these imprints of attachment, our attachment styles into our adult relationships. But we're not attaching, so to speak, to our adult partners. We are attaching to them, but not in the same kind of way as attachment styles. Is that correct? Right. So you could say that our younger parts are attaching to the adult in front of us in our adult partnerships and vice versa. Okay. But because there is mutuality there and there are two adults there, we decided not to call the dynamic between two adults attachment. I think this all came up because I was like, what's the difference between secure attachment and secure functioning? And so it does feel relevant to get into the nitty gritty because like you're pointing towards as adults, we're functioning together. Now we're going to function at different levels of insecurity and security. So insecure functioning could be defined as what in your assessment? So insecure functioning could take the form of feeling stress or fear inside of a rupture with your adult partner, meaning usually oftentimes indicating that you're anticipating that the rupture is going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. You're not anticipating that there will be repair. You're not confident and relaxed that a misunderstanding is going to be moved through easily and without a lot of hurt feelings. Yeah. Which is so not fun. Not fun. <laughs> and which is why we're standing for security inside of a relationship. And so when we're getting to the nitty gritty, what you and I really stand for in adult partnership is secure functioning. And a lot of the agreements that we have created between us are for the purposes of secure functioning together. Yeah. And a quick shout out to our dear friend, Stan Tacken for bringing forward the term secure functioning. Um, we attribute that to him and, and really a huge fan of his work. And so you might ask yourself, well, how do I get secure functioning? How do I get there? Mm -hmm. Okay. So now that we've described at a high level, the terms, Let's take a quick break and we'll get into how do we get into secure functioning when we come back from this break. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple, and they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at KristaVanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A, 
V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance. And now back to the episode. Welcome back. Before we get into talking more about secure functioning and how to get there, which by the way, this podcast is mostly about that. I want to clarify something, which is someone being born into a family system where they develop an insecure attachment. There's a lot of conversation out there about learning to have more of a secure attachment. But if we're talking about the attachment being with the primary caregiver as when, when, as one is a child with that primary caregiver, then are people just using the term incorrectly when they say that they are attempting to develop a more secure attachment or they're practicing secure attachment when in reality they're practicing secure functioning? I think it's a little bit confusing. And this is why we're having this podcast episode. So I'd love to hear from you, Will, how you would answer that. Well, to me, it's not about right or wrong. It's just about making a decision about the precision with the language and then moving forward and being consistent with the the language, which is what you and I are endeavoring to do as we move forward here. So for me, the reason why I would choose to use secure functioning to apply to adult partnerships and to use the word attachment to apply to infant caregiver dynamics is because of this issue of mutuality that's not present. It's not a part of the developmental task for an infant. Mm -hmm. But in adult relationship, yes, in our, at least what we're standing for, it's a very mutual exchange. And there's a lot of mutuality. Yeah. Right. And at the end of the day, I think what really matters is how you're functioning with each other as adults. Mm -hmm. It's not really all that useful moment by moment into the future to be talking about what your attachment pattern is from the past. What's more relevant is how well you're doing with each other in the present, mm-hmm. how you're functioning now. And so a secure functioning, and another way of saying it, is our developed adults exchanging with each other versus an insecure functioning might be my younger parts are showing up and either playing with your younger parts or interacting with your adult parts. Would that be another way to say that? Great way to put it. So if we're practicing secure functioning in our adult relationships, we need to do a lot of work on ourselves. If we come from a family where we were imprinted with an insecure attachment style. Absolutely. And that's why you and I invest so much time and effort into addressing these old patterns in our nervous systems. Mm -hmm. And you know, just to be very revealed, I mean, for me, at age 53, and by any measure, pretty high-functioning person, I still really struggle in the moment of maintaining that adult, secure, functioning perspective in the face of a challenge that you and I might be having. Mm -hmm. So it feels like a continual practice. Continual practice. Yes. That's why I like the term functioning, because it implies it's ongoing versus like an attachment style, which might connotate a more fixed perspective. Exactly. It's probably important to say, even though 
maybe it's been said in previous episodes that secure functioning doesn't mean that you never have a rupture or you never get into a difficult moment with your partner. It's pointing toward how you handle that moment. And how you see it. Right. Like for us, part of our, one of our vows is to abundantly repair rupture and inherent in that we see rupture as opportunity to become stronger and to become closer and to heal more versus there's something wrong with us because we're rupturing. Right. Our grown-up parts hold that perspective and our commitments are to that perspective. And (laughs) there are parts of us that don't always see that point of view. Totally. So we talked about the how of getting to secure functioning before the break. So from my perspective, if you want to know how, you can go download our top 10 baths (laughs) from our website because I feel like for me at least that's a big part of how we've gotten to where we are in our secure functioning. And obviously like we're talking about, we still have more to go. What else would you add to that, Will? Well, I think it's, again, bears repetition. It's, it's a good idea to keep repeating that. We earn that secure functioning through doing our reps in the gym. We build that muscle mm-hmm. and we have to maintain that muscle just like I do over the age of 50, have to keep working my muscles and bones out to keep my body healthy, have to keep working that functioning in relationship to maintain and further develop the security in our relationship. So it doesn't happen overnight and it's not a one rep situation. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Like you haven't earned that delicious 53 year old booty just by going to the gym once. You should see this booty. It's like, it's like so awesome. When I met you, you had a biker's booty because you were a mountain biker a lot, a lot of like trails mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, which your quads were very strong, but you kind of had a a booty that was less strong. Let's just say that. And now you've been doing... <laughs> I wasn't using my glutes to mountain bike. That's a whole other <laughs> problem. But, um, but now that you've been in the gym for a year and a half, maybe a little bit longer than that. The booty is like a booty I've never seen before on your body. That's amazing. (laughs) I love it. Anyway, speaking about reps in the gym, nice work. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Sort of the joy of the process rather than being really focused on the end result, you know, and I think that that has been a really helpful perspective for me as we've worked to heal our injuries from childhood and to step deeper into the joy and the pleasure of secure functioning with each other is remembering that it's a process and it's not about getting to the the finish line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we want to stand for secure functioning in any adult relationship. And so like, for example, in our business partnership with Emma and Keith, You and Keith, I would say, practice secure functioning. And the four of us practice secure functioning together. And it's extraordinary in what can be possible when people are actually going to the gym with each other in this way. Absolutely. It's a huge advantage, I would say, in starting any endeavor to have in mind, at least. Don't necessarily have to be that much of a geek about it as we are, but to understand these dynamics and and be conscious to the opportunity that they represent as you try to give birth to something into the world. Absolutely. So maybe a invitation for our listeners is to look to see in your life 
in your adult relationships, how do you feel like you're functioning? And I would say that probably every relationship is slightly different. I know some relationships I'm still working on functioning more securely than insecurely. And in other relationships, I'm functioning pretty darn secure, but there's room to go, as we mentioned. But how are the relationships going in your life? What are they like? How are you showing up? How are you functioning? Would you add anything to that, Will? I think it's especially juicy to look at your primary partnership, if that's something going on that's happening in your life, or if not, uh, your closest friendships. How do you tend to relate to misunderstandings or challenges that are part of any relationship? How do you typically go into those? Uh, do you speak up about your needs? Are you actively in the conversation about how to be yourself and also have deep connection with someone else? These are some of the clues. One of the biggest dilemmas or core challenges of, I would say, being human in general, especially in relationships, is do I get to be myself and do I get to have deep connection with another person? And oftentimes when you read about this, it gets framed as an either or kind of phenomenon, or these things are opposed to each other. Autonomy and collaboration, let's say. And so what I want to invite our listeners to consider is the possibility, which is one of our agreements with each other, that we're going to stand for each other's fullest expression and also stand for our own fullest expression. And to explore that, how does that work? Can we do that? How are we doing with that now? And it's uh, it's just a really juicy dynamic to explore. So what a lot of people with less secure patterning in their system do is they make a compromise. They, they compromise their integrity or their expression in order to purchase or counterfeit connection. I call it counterfeit because genuine connection only comes from actual self-expression. Or they refuse to compromise and they stay isolated within the fantasy that they're being true to themselves. And the story is that they have to sacrifice connection in order to be true to themselves. So these are some of the really interesting things to explore. I just want to invite the listener to ask yourself, are you functioning in that way in your relationships where you think that you either have to sacrifice connection to be yourself or you have to sacrifice being yourself to have connection? I really love that inquiry because it will help you see where on the spectrum, because there is a full spectrum of insecure functioning all the way up to secure functioning, where you are in relationship to the person that you're investigating this with. So beautiful question, Will. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow this show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If this show has sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the Art of We Podcast.